Hello, welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. How are you? I hope you're well. It's a special episode because this next 26 Habits marks the halfway point in this year-long challenge to make or break a habit every two weeks and secure a series of micro-wins in 2018. Why not make this the best year yet, huh? To that end, it seems appropriate to do something of a review to see what's happened so far. So let's head back all the way to January the 1st and where we started. Now, incidentally, if you're just discovering 26 Habits, then please do feel, to use that ha- feel free to use that hashtag on social media, hashtag 26 Habits. You can actually find the entire back catalogue over on the pool who I have teamed up with for this. So the link will, to find all of those will be in the show notes. As well as a recap, I'm going to answer some listener feedback and questions on some of the habits too. And then, of course, I'll be telling you what habit is up next. So stay tuned. So I'm just going to rattle through what we've done so far. So first habit was no shop-bought coffee. The reason being threefold, actually. It was A, that stuff isn't cheap. B, the effect on the environment is not okay. Those takeaway cups number the billions in terms of how many stack up and aren't recyclable. And three, it was just about, do I really need a coffee every day? Is that amount of calorie consumption really a good thing, etc., etc.? Is it a habit that I needed to have? So that was habit number one. That was a win. Habit number two was to drink more water. Incidentally, in terms of the uh, coffee habit, I had two recommendations for reusable cups, the Keep Cup and the Stojo. Both are such important parts of my life uh, since I started using them. I take the Stojo with me everywhere and I know many, many listeners have also got their own Keep Cup and Stojo in order to avoid using those takeaway cups, which is fabulous news. Habit number two, to drink more water. Yeah, that was a fail, which just made me think every time one gives oneself a hard time for not drinking enough water, ease off. It's not as easy as you think. I tried to drink um, 600 millilitres in the morning when I woke up. I remember once, I don't know if I remembered this at the time, it's just come back to me. I remember once having lunch with Elle McPherson, true story. There were many, many other people there. I just happened to be next to her. And she was talking about, she would try and drink 500 milliliter bottles six times throughout the day and that she would start her day with one of those. Gosh, that must have been where I got it from. That really has just slipped into my brain as I was talking then. But yes, so Elle McPherson must have been the inspiration for Drink More Water. But I couldn't do it. I found it really difficult. I I am somebody who the first thing that passes my lips in the morning is my toothbrush and some toothpaste and then a coffee. Sorry, not sorry, but I do try and drink at least a litre throughout the day at some point. But yeah, that was a fail because I was trying to do... 600 millilitres in the morning, 600 millilitres at some other time, and it was just too much. It just didn't work out. I'm not somebody who sips water. If I see, if I am thirsty, I will glug it down. Um, I think whatever goes with water, if you like to sip it throughout the day, go for your life. If you like to glug it all down, I'm sure there's scientific reasoning for both not to be optimum, but just do what feels right. That's what I would say with water. That's my takeaway. The third habit was morning meditation, which I loved and which I smack myself around for not doing as regularly since um I did that habit which would have been February goodness me that does seem like a long time ago morning meditation using the headspace app um the takeaway from that was 
if you are somebody like me who overthinks, who has um, a very strong emotional response to things, morning meditation took that emotional response down a notch. So if I started the day on a five, uh, it would take me down to a two so that if something challenging happened at work or in life, I would never get to the point where I was, you know, where my needle was going into the red and my engine was beginning to shake and things were overheating. So that's why morning meditation is fantastic. And also, I saw an interview with Toni Collette, the actress, the other day, where she said when she started meditating, she started, she would happen to every day look at the clock at 11.11. And my mouth dropped open when I listened to that because I thought, oh gosh, that happened to me too. So anyone who knows about 11.11s and repeated numbers will know that there may be something in that. But we shan't unpick that now. We can maybe unpick it another time. Habit number four was no booze. I found that very, very easy. I realized that there were many times when I was drinking. I say many. I wouldn't want to give an impression of drinking irresponsibly. But there were times when I would have a glass of wine after work, after a particularly challenging day, when actually what I needed to do was meditate or just take a deep breath, go for a walk. Alcohol wasn't the issue. Um, alcohol wasn't the solution there were also times when I was going out with friends when I knew when to stop and I was going over that limit as kind of some sort of act of rebellion. And doing the no drinking was actually really eye-opening in terms of I actually don't need alcohol in my life at all. I can get by without it. And to just start seeing it as a lovely, tasty treat that I can enjoy in small quantities. Um, so that was an interesting one. Habit number five was yoga before bed. Again, just delightful. Like morning meditation, it just does something really calming and soothing to one's internal engine calibration system. And you do sleep better, there's no doubt about it. It's a bit of a stretch, actually, I would say. If you are somebody like me who gets home, you eat and then you sit down and you either work more or you watch TV... It's, it, it feels like you have to really ramp yourself up to get on that mat. But if you can overcome that bit, that thing of, oh, should I, can I really be bothered or should I just go to bed? If you can just get on the mat, everything's all right. Intermittent fasting habit number six. I think a lot of you will know if you've been listening since the start, this has been my favorite and the one that I have stuck to the most. The idea of the 16-8 principle of eating between 12 p.m. and 8 p.m. only to give your body a 16-hour fast every day. I got on with it so well. I found it incredibly easy. I've stuck to it, I'd say, pretty much since. It's something I'm aware of. I When it gets to eight o'clock, I think, do I need anything else? No, okay, fine. Um, the regular listeners will know I had a bad migraine recently, and so that was all bets were off. If I fancied chocolate at six o'clock in the morning, I was going to have it. It was just I was very much being willed by... Um, emotions and I just wanted to feel better so if I thought you know eating something in the morning was going to make me feel better I did it but yeah pretty much most of the time it's uh, fluids before 12 that means coffee Li fluids I didn't mean fluids I meant liquids didn't I liquids before 12 um, and then between 12 and 8 is when I do my eating habit number seven was my technology detox of keeping my phone a bit further away at arm's length not taking it into the bedroom at night, using my iPad less, um, not surfing on apps. And it's it's a hard one to break. It is not easy. Um, but 
it's about having that structure in place and it's about understanding the things that are on our phone designed to make us want to use it more. And also from a very basic level, the more you use it, the like the faster your battery is likely to expire, which means that the money that you pay for your phone ends up not lasting as long. It's not as cost effective. So that that was a real stimulus for me. I'm not going to lie. Habit number eight. These have all been wins, by the way, with the exception of water, they've all been wins. And then we come onto the ketogenic diet, which I lost and failed at on day one because I was a bit hormonal and ate some cereal, some sugary, delicious cereal because I hadn't prepared my ketogenic diet plan and trying to do it on the hoof was a terrible idea. We may revisit that in the second half of 26 Habits. Sustainability, uh, recycling, living a more uh, eco-friendly life. That, again, it's easier than you think. It's about the small changes. That was what really struck me. I don't think there's a day goes by when a story about plastic or the devastating effects of rubbish are having on the planet Earth doesn't crop up on my timeline on some form of social media or in from various news outlets. And the only thing I can take away, and I know lots of you got in touch about this, is it really is the small changes. Yes, you're one person, and there are 7 billion of us, but one person making lots of small changes over time can make a difference. So that is just something I've stuck with. It's not even, it's not even a question. As soon as you know those things, you just continue. Habit number 10 was the wardrobe clear out, which was originally going to be getting rid of every single thing in my wardrobe and starting from scratch with a stylist. But I kept putting it off and then I read this brilliant piece on the pool about uh, the 333 challenge and I incorporated that into it as step one. So step two of that challenge, well not step two of that challenge, but step two of actually getting rid of everything else and working with a stylist will be coming in the second part of this challenge. Uh, That was uh, whittling everything down, including clothes, shoes, was it clothes and shoes? Yeah, not underwear, obviously, and not sports gear, which is why I now have like 85 bits of sports gear. But the wardrobe clear out was down to 33 items. And that has actually been fantastic. The simplicity, the ease it gives your life getting up in the morning, gray t-shirt and jeans, white t-shirt and jeans, black t-shirt and jeans, what mood am I in today? And then it's just about what accessories I wear with it. Sorry, but I am simple in terms of my fashion. That's what I like. Reading more was harder than I thought, habit 11. I did it, but it was much, much harder than I thought. I thought it would be really easy, sit down with a book. And every time I sat, I think it took four or five days before I could read a page without my mind wandering. That's how little attention span I had. And it was like stretching that muscle. And now I'm I am able to pick up a book and be far more engaged than I was. And I couldn't really figure out why I wasn't reading so much. And so to actually kind of look at it and say, oh, it's because your attention span is on the floor, to be able to identify that and hopefully never to let that happen again, because reading is one of life's many joys, um, is hopefully a good thing. And I am reading every day, which is fabulous. And the habit number 12, journaling, such a lovely practice. Again, takes a little while to get into which is why what I've noticed with 26 habits and we're going to get into kind of a a bigger retrospective now the thing I've noticed is start small and work up don't set yourself these big goals which was exactly what 26 habits was about in the beginning it was about not setting yourself one new year's resolution 
that you had to stick to for 365 days. It was about little micro wins. And so the one takeaway, many takeaways actually from 26 Habits is start small. If you're going to journal, I gave myself five questions to answer in the morning and I gave myself the option of being lazy and just doing one word answers. And then gradually as the days goes on, as the days go on, those answers get longer and longer as you begin to develop that practice. So that's all it's about um, in terms of the journaling. And again, it and much like the meditation and the yoga, it kind of gives that, it takes you, it, it um, takes you, it levels emotions. That's something, if you feel stressed about something, the process of writing prioritizes the things that you really need to be stressed about and puts it all into focus. That's what I found. So I've had some listener questions, so I thought I would answer these in this episode too before we get on to what's happening next. So the first question was from Amna and she asked, my question is regarding habit 10, which was the wardrobe clear out. Did you keep all year round items or did you divide them into seasons? I feel like I do not have specific seasonal clothing anymore apart from coats. I feel exactly the same way. And this was not an isolated question. Quite a lot of people emailed about this. I don't feel like I have a summer and a winter wardrobe. I feel as though if you do, maybe you could do 33 items in each. Maybe you could do 50 items, 25 in one, 25 in the other. Who knows? Um, I pretty much wear similar stuff throughout the year. It's just a case of layering. So I... With any habit, it's about making it work for you. If you have a very specific summer and winter wardrobe, don't whittle down to 33 because obviously you might find that it's restrictive. So find a number that works for you. Um, habit number 10 again, this was the wardrobe clear out. Um, from Kelly, I'm wondering if you have worked with a stylist yet. From memory, I think you said it was going to happen at some point. If so, would love to know what was bought. So I haven't worked with a stylist yet. I just wanted to put a bit of a gap between the two of them and also uh, work with somebody sort of properly. And it just is a case of not having had the time between doing the initial clear out and now. But I am going to be working with a stylist to find a, a signature style and also make sure that I don't buy in error again, which definitely happened a lot with my previous wardrobes incarnation. Um, Jennifer asks, I'm wondering how you found number one. I often think this is something I should do, but I think I would really miss the ritual of visiting a cafe. This was about giving up shop-bought coffee. Um, the simple joys, even if it's just for a few moments for a takeout, though I am now conscious of the environmental factor. I found it really easy. Uh, I did miss going into a cafe. Uh, I like... I like the whole, hi, how are you? Yeah, good. And may I have a, oh, what kind of oat milk do you have? I like that kind of morning banter sort of chit chat with a barista. But I guess the fact that I knew it was just for two weeks meant that I didn't, it didn't really register. And now that I'm not doing it as much, I still go in, but I don't go in every day. I go in once a week, maybe twice if I'm feeling fruity and always with my own, with my own disposable, not disposable cup, my own um, foldable cup, the Stojo. I found it really easy. I think it is actually really simple. I also don't mind black coffee, so I drink quite a bit of black coffee at home. If I was if if what I loved about the coffee was the milk, I might find it harder because it is very difficult to make a a frothy coffee, milky coffee at home that tastes as good as the stuff that you get in a coffee shop, but 
Um, maybe try switching to black coffee. I don't know. But I think it is, for me, it felt like a habit that I could very easily get out of. And I know quite a few friends have actually bought the Stojo and have said they like visiting coffee shops now, but are mindful of not doing it as often. Raquel asks, I'm interested to know what helps you stick to the habits in general and to each one in particular, because as you well know, people often give up before it even has the chance to become a habit. And on that note, I'm wondering what challenges did you face and or mistakes you think you made that ended up contributing to you giving up on some habits? Great question, Raquel. So what helped me stick to the habits? Um, Honestly, being accountable to you guys. (laughs) Um, If I hadn't done a podcast that I'd taken the time to record, edit and upload and put out in the universe for people to listen to, none of this would be happening. So accountability was a big thing for me. And if you listen to the episode I did with Gretchen Rubin on the four tendencies, you will know that I'm an obliger. Um, The four tendencies, her book is absolutely brilliant, but it means that I respond better to outward expectations. So if you have an expectation of me, I am more likely to meet it than if I have an expectation of me. Although I am working on that because that does feel like something I should work on. So being accountable to you guys helped. The fact that it was only two weeks really helped. Two weeks doesn't seem like much. A month feels like a long time. If you say to somebody, oh, I'm giving something up for a month or I'm doing a boot camp every day for a month, there'll be a grimace or a sharp intake of breath. But if you say, oh, I'm doing this for two weeks, it, it's just, it's that threshold between not that long and feeling like a long time. So two weeks has been the thing. Um wondering what challenges and mistakes preparation with the ketogenic diet I should have meal planned or at least at least for the first week have made a plan of what I was going to eat and made sure that all of that stuff was in the house and that all of the stuff that wasn't keto was in a different place the idea that you could just incorporate a ketogenic diet on the hop was ridiculous it's actually I'm sure once you get the hang of it it's not difficult but the whole point of 26 Habits is getting your your mouth around getting the hang of something, getting your teeth around getting them out. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. It's about sort of sussing it all out and figuring it all out and, and really trying to iron out those early stages so that it's easy to then really go into it. And there are no failures. You're right, Raquel, because Raquel then replied to something to me. And I said, I don't see them as failures because, hey, out of 12 Habits so far, I've got 10 wins. The odds, are, the odds are great. I'm pretty happy with that. And the ones that I failed at, in inverted commas, um, I'm, I'm not mad at myself or I really am not. I'm, if, I would rather have messed up ketogenic diet than meditation because meditation, I feel the benefits like that day. So there we go. Nat asks, are you still sticking to intermittent fasting? How are you finding it? I've been doing it for three or four weeks now. Interested to hear how you're getting on and if you're still giving it a go. Yes, yes. As I've said, there have been some woolly moments just because of other factors. But in the main, I try to eat between 12 and 8. The thing I find nice about it is how um, it's a structure that I have on my day um it is it's nice at eight o'clock to just be to be able to go okay right well that's that part of the day over and also I like I know it sounds weird I like the fact that I've got those 16 hours I just feel a lot uh, lighter and cleaner and um 
bouncier in the morning for not eating after 8pm. And I, and I do feel, I will say this, I do really, really feel that it has helped in the gym. My endurance is, has increased and I've been working really hard on my fitness for a while just to get my endurance up. And I would say that if I had been plotting it on a graph, which I hadn't because it's not my thing, but had I been plotting it on a graph, I think that the week, the weeks that I did intermittent fasting, you would have seen a spike in my progress. My, um, my graph has been on an incline, but I think there would have been a spike. So intermittent fasting, I'm all for it. I recommend it to everybody. Just don't treat that eight hour window as a treat window, which around certain times of the month, it can seem like, yeah, donuts. Don't do that. Don't do that. Use it for good consumption. Caroline has asked, which habit has had the most positive influence in your life and were any habits detrimental, detrimental in any way? I would say meditation, yoga, intermittent fasting have been the most positive. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's definitely fair. Um, oh, but then also reading. I mean, all of them in many ways. And were there any, were any habits detrimental in any way at all? Uh, no, no. Um, journaling has been really good because it's something that I've thought about for a while and didn't get round to. Um, all of them have had a positive effect in some way and have had a lingering effect. Like the no booze, I drink now. I very happily go out and have my spicy margaritas and Bloody Marys and whatever. And I occasionally have a glass of wine, but I, I am drinking differently. And I think that can only be a good thing. I really do. Amna asks again, which habit has become a lifestyle intermittent fasting? Meditation, but not as regularly. And I must change that. That's terrible. Jane asks, have the 26 habits had an effect as a whole? And I would say 100%. Even the habit of getting into the habit of setting challenges and trying to complete them has been really positive for me. Um, I'm a procrastinator. I'm an overthinker. And 26 habits as a general bigger project has just made me do rather than think. And I believe that can only be a good thing. Do you see how I said believe and not think? That can only be a good thing. Yep. That, that's how I feel about 26 Habits. Audrey has asked, I'd like to hear if the things to do have been harder than the things not to do or vice versa. Great question. Um, right, so I broke the habit of buying coffee every day. Or did I make the habit of not going into the coffee shop? Hmm. Um, I would say the not doing has been easier, has been, sorry, right, I would say the not doing has been harder, because it's breaking um, what has become in some instances a reflex. So the tech addiction, for example, that was hard, because sometimes your hand, and please tell me I'm not alone here, sometimes your hand reaches for the phone before you actually realise what's happening. Whereas making a habit, um, has been more enjoyable kind of breaking new making new grooves I don't know I think that's a really interesting question I would say it would be harder to break a habit if it was something I really loved but I haven't had to do that all of the things are things that I'm breaking that I know aren't really that good for me in the first place and the things that I'm trying to do are things that I know will benefit me if I stick to them but uh, interesting very interesting. 
I would say it's the the not doings that have been. I may have got that wrong. Yes, the not doing, the stopping myself from doing something that I was already doing has been more challenging. There we go. I hope that answers that one. The top five to stick with. Well, I would say no shop-bought coffee because for the environment alone, daily meditation, intermittent fasting, yoga at bedtime, reading more slash journaling. I know that's six, but um, I think they're all brilliant. I, w- I, I don't know if I could rank them in order. It would depend on what day, what day, it, what day it is. Caroline. Siobhan asks, um, obvious question, but which was easiest and which was hardest? Any that you honestly thought were utterly pointless? I like that. Um, easiest. Shop-bought coffee I found really easy. No booze I found really easy. Intermittent fasting I found really easy. Ones that I thought were pointless. Hmm. No, there hasn't been a pointless one yet. There have just been ones that don't don't suit me ketogenic diet and drinking more water um but again ketogenic diet i might revisit with a bit more preparation a bit of insight um yeah very interesting question but they, they've all been for the good and i don't i don't see any of them have been pointless i think even not succeeding if you want to call it that in something like 26 habits still you gain something from it so for that reason they are they all have value and finally before we get on to the next habit Faye asks I would like to know a did you find drinking water made a substantial difference sometimes I feel like if I sometimes I feel as though if I drink water I just end up peeing it all out and b with journaling did you ever feel the need to censor yourself in case someone reads it Great question. In the original journaling show, I think I said I was worried about writing things down for that reason. Water, did it make a difference? No. And that's why it wasn't, it was difficult to stick to because it was like, oh, what are the benefits? Whereas with pretty much everything else, you can, you can feel that you're doing good. The water one, there was nothing against which to measure whether more consumption was better or not it, it, i really i really couldn't tell and maybe that was why it was hard to stick to um journaling did you ever feel the need to censor yourself yes a bit but also my handwriting from years of working on a computer is absolutely appalling so i don't think anyone could read it anyway um and i did write down the, the dream about chris hemsworth and chris pratt and i, I I probably will set fire to that notebook at some point, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, so a little bit, but also no, (laughs) if that makes sense. Right. Thank you, everybody. There are lots of questions, and I hope that that covers off the majority of interest around the habits so far. So what next? What for habit number 13? Well, my next challenge has been staring me in the face, literally. Listeners, I have a confession. I have delusions of musical grandeur. There, I said it. I love singing. I think I'm not that bad at it. I long to be able to play an instrument. And in a parallel universe of infinite possibilities, I am a Tony Award-winning actress and have been a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race more times than Paula Abdul. The delusions, though, are actually based in something, I I should say. And that's that when I was about eight or nine, I played the clarinet for a short spell. And reading music was something that came pretty easily to me and my teachers noted it and were impressed and at that in that in that formative age at that formative age I noted it and thought "Mm, Emma good at music I was also able to play the theme tune 
from the TV show The Young Riders featuring Josh Brolin, a.k.a. Thanos, a.k.a. Cable, for any um, comic book movie lovers out there, on the recorder. And I did that by ear, so I think there's some natural talent in here somewhere. <laughs> I did have guitar lessons in my teens, but I had the wrong sort of teacher. He wanted me to learn like single notes and green sleeves, and I wanted to learn the chords and play the rhythm guitar from pretty much every single Guns N' Roses song on the Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 albums. But you get you get the picture. I'm a frustrated wannabe musician. And last year, on a whim, I decided, ain't nobody gonna stand between me and my dream. So I bought a keyboard a fairly decent one, like not crazy money, but you know, decent, not bottom of the range, sort of mid range, and a how to play the piano book and was ready to realise my destiny. Only thing is that keyboard now sits on top of my bookshelf unplayed. So it's a tale as old as time, good intentions, met with distractions, frustrations, etc, etc. And you don't see something through, even though there is some willing there. And again, this is kind of what 26 Habits is all about. I'm sure there's hundreds of fold upable exercise bikes in people's homes that double as clothes horses, spiralizers that have been used once or twice and never again. I know I'm guilty of that one too. And many other devices, items or gadgets that we all buy with the best of intentions, but just aren't able to incorporate into our lives as seamlessly as the advertising, Instagram post or whatever would have us believe which is why I'm making myself accountable to you, my fabulous listeners, because it might just help me bang out a couple of chords or knock off the intro to City of Stars from La La Land in the space of 14 days. Again, we come back to how to make this work. And guess what? It's going to require some structure. 20 minutes a day, an hour. You know the theory about 10,000 hours, right? In his 2008 book, Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell posited 10,000 hours is the magic number of greatness i.e. you aren't born talented, you earn talent by working for it. Gladwell's theory has pretty much been annihilated by a study from Princeton University, but I like the cut of his jib and the idea that practice leads to mastery. Not in two weeks, I expect, but you know, <laughs> you've got to start somewhere. There's something else you need to know about me. I can touch type. I can type at... I would say well over 120 words per minute without looking at the keyboard and it's because my mother used to sit me at the typewriter at home during school holidays with one of those books that were perched on the back of the machine, very old school, my friends, it was the 80s, and contained typing exercises like ASDF, semicolon, LKJ, and sentences like the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog, etc. And why can I do this? Because that's what I spent hours of my holidays doing. So let's see if the repetition, the practice will apply to the piano and I will become somewhat halfway competent. <laughs> also, speaking of lazy dogs, part of this, part of me buying that keyboard was to prove to myself that the door wasn't closed on learning a skill. Granted, if I do master the opening bars of your song, Ellen DeGeneres is not going to have me on her show as she does with those four-year-old prodigies, but at least I'll know that it's still all to play for and I can take on things that maybe I feel I missed out on or wish I had tried. Just because I'm 40 doesn't mean... I can't learn a new skill. So I think 30 minutes a day, more if I feel like it, could be enough for me to be able to play a little tune, a simple one, obviously. So stay tuned to Insta Stories, where I may do a couple of lives for the lols of me at the keyboard trying to learn. 
And if you have any tips, I urge you to get in touch and share them with me. I'd be most grateful for any insight. I know you can pretty much learn these things on YouTube videos these days. Um, So any of those links, I would be delighted to hear about them. That's it. That's the recap. Thank you so much for all your messages, support, and for the general love that has come 26 Habits way since we started at the beginning of the year. I have so enjoyed and I am really enjoying this journey with all of you. And I thank you for the encouragement, the messages and for everyone else who is sharing their experiences with me. Um, It's just so much fun and the support and the real sort of like have at it attitude that I'm getting from everybody is so wonderful. And thank you also to everybody in the Facebook group, the private one, the Emma Gunn Show, the forum, the link to join will be in the show notes. Everyone cheering each other on in there is just absolutely fantastic. It makes logging into social media feel much less guilty when I wake up in the morning and I see these threads of conversations of people really supporting each other with their 26 habit endeavours. So thank you very much. As ever, if you do want to drop me a a note, an email, whatever, you can send one to me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or slide into those DMs on Twitter and Instagram where I am at Emma Guns. And if you enjoy the show, I would be most grateful if you could head over to your streaming service and leave a five-star review and maybe even a couple of sentences about the guest topics or episodes you have particularly enjoyed. I'm off to go and uh, (laughs) figure out my major chords and my minor chords. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.